Welcome to the called cast. Um, I'm recording a bit of an intro thing because this this episode is absolutely fucked. Um, So I recorded it on Wednesday. One part of this episode was recorded on Wednesday. And... I was planning on putting it out that weekend, but then I went away and forgot every single thing that I need to uh, post the episode. So I didn't do that. So I'm talking about it kind of in the episode, I believe I'm talking about it kind of like I've done that, but I haven't. Um, and I've also almost completely forgotten what that episode was about. Uh, and I don't know how long it is either. So I'm going to figure this all out when I'm editing, which, you know, probably isn't the best strategy, but it's the only one I, I kind of uh, want to do. So <clears throat> I know I talked about Loki. I don't remember if I talked about anything else. So. Um, we're going to cut and then I think I'm going to play that one, the old part, and then I'm going to start the new part. Um, and hopefully the old part's not very long, but I have no clue, as I said, and could I easily figure it out? Probably, but that's not really what we're doing here. So, you know, bippity boppity boo we're going to cut and then we're going to come back and then you're going to listen to the old part and then you're going to listen to the new part. And the new part's actually quite big. I believe it will be. Um, yeah, so this is pretty exciting and I've got an alarm on my phone going off. Oh no, I just got texts. Pretty sick. All right. See you in four milliseconds. Hello, ghouls and goblins. Welcome to the called cast. <clears throat> and it's the morning again. Um, and I watched Loki, the new app. Now, famous double episode week here. Um. So I watched the new episode of Loki, and I talked about the the first three, first half of the season, which I didn't realize was the first half of the season, in the last, in last week's episode. And I watched episode four. How many times can I say that? Um, and it was, it was pretty good. I liked it. Um... It goes, un- hopefully you've watched it if you're listening to this. If you haven't, interesting choice. Um, so basically, Loki and Sylvie, which is the female Loki, get captured by the TVA off Lamentus. And they're just kind of interrogated um, and they start a bit of an uprising within the 
TVA about uh, them the reveal from last episode about the TVA members just being variants that were stolen from their planets or timelines or such. So, yeah, it kind of goes into that. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, it, you know, this, this series as a whole has had more dialogue than most Marvel projects do, which is an interesting twist. Um, and I haven't really decided if it's good or bad yet. But one thing I kind of, I kind of decided on while I was watching this one is that everything in the shows are so like, and the movies and all that are so like exact. They're so planned out. Everything's pre-visualized. Um, cause they've got just so much stuff to do. Like there's so many effects. There's so many things and and i kind of ragged on the effects last episode but you know i think they're pretty good um in general and i uh you know everything's so so like exact so planned out that it (laughs) at times it for me at least it felt or it feels like <clears throat> i don't know it's just so like it's just the dialogue just feels so <clears throat> sort of unlived in if that makes sense where these people can't improvise or like really change anything and by these people i mean like the actors and showrunners and such so you kind of got to stick with what you got um and you know at, at times it does the job but i feel like there's very little spontaneity and in in real life um there's spontaneity in, in what you say. And it it doesn't go so far to be unspontaneous as someone like Quentin Tarantino would, where it's like that that's not real life. And I don't want it to be a sort of like Noah Baumbach indie film kind of thing. But it just feels like directly in the middle, which I don't think is a very good place for it to live <laughs> so that 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 kind of irked me um but I, I think this episode was a little more interesting than the other ones because we're actually dealing some with something now um and i've heard i've heard people on on podcasts talk about how you know they they it feels kind of plotless which i think was one of my complaints in the last episode and but they enjoy it and i don't quite understand that but i i think we're getting more to a plot and we're getting more to a a bit more of an intriguing storyline for me at least um 
Yeah, and, and you, you're kind of firing on all cylinders with this because you bring all the characters in the TVA back uh, because Loki and Sylvie go to the TVA. Um, but, but, I don't know. It's not, it's not going to be the best show I've seen this year, probably, especially when things start coming out again. But I think it does the, it does the job. It does the, the Marvel job. Um, give me a Marvel job, baby. That joke was supposed to be like me saying, give me a hand job, but it, it wasn't a good joke, so makes sense why you didn't laugh. Um, the, um, the, 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 there's some other, this is a big spoiler, so if you don't want to get big spoiler, then probably don't listen to this. But they try to establish some consequences in this episode as well by uh, quote-unquote killing off Mobius by trying to kill off Mobius and well, not trying to by killing off, in, in quotes, Mobius and Loki. They hit him with that little disintegrate stick. And and that's a, a slightly shocking, but here's the problem: is that this is also a Marvel project, so the stakes are minimal at best. Even if someone dies, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that we won't get Scarlett Johansson back as Black Widow. Um, and. Th- th- that's just kind of the place I'm at with these with these movies and with most franchises now. Like when they when they try to have stakes, they try to kill someone off. It's just kind of like, eh, it's probably not going to happen. So they do that, and then in that same episode, in granted in a post credit scene, but in that same episode, we realize that there is really no stakes and that they aren't actually dying. They're just getting teleported, which is annoying. Uh, it's it's pretty annoying actually um like i i felt literally nothing when they died and then i was told that they're still alive and i was like okay that's that's fun and they can't kill off mobius and loki yet but it's still like just give me an episode of like give me a week to wonder what's going on we also get to reveal that the timekeepers are Chuck E. Cheese robots. Um, kind of boring. I don't know. the The show is. I'm very tepid on the show. I don't know if I'm using that word right. I think I've said it. Fuck <laughs> I think I've said it a couple times in here and without in the wrong context, but it's okay. Um, I'm very tepid on the show, and I think my camera's gonna die soon. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get through this last thing quickly. I hope we're done, Loki. <coughs> 
I watched this movie called You Should Have Left. It's got Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried in it. And it's basically like a something's wrong with the house horror movie. Um, They go on a vacation to Wales. He's like a former banker or something who was accused of killing his wife. She's an actress, a big Hollywood actress, I assume. And they go to Wales because she's shooting someone. mm, She's shooting someone there. She's planned to shoot someone there. Um, No, she's shooting a movie in, like, England or something, so we're going for a little vacay. And they rent this house. Disgusting house. Absolutely horrid looking. Um, And then things just start going kind of weird. I think it was all right. It was... It did the job, you know? I I didn't regret watching it, but I also was kind of... Eh, the the ending really uh really hurt me quite a bit um it it was so the ending's basically like the i'm in a time loop kind of thing and like kevin bacon was the one doing all the scary stuff because he's got to pay for his sins to the devil or something like that and up until the ending I watched this with my girlfriend. Up until the ending, we were kind of into it. And then the ending came, and we were just kind of like... I don't know. It just felt like they needed an ending, so that was the ending. Like, it just felt so like... I guess this is what the ending's gonna be. Um, yeah, uh, there's some sp- there's some spooky parts in it. But uh, overall, it's just a fine movie. Um, and Kevin Bacon, some of his line readings are weird. Some of the dialogue in the movie's weird. But it's just good enough. I, th- I think I gave it like two stars on Letterboxd. Um, yeah, so you should have left. I don't know. It's fine. You can watch it if you want. Is there anything else I watched this week? A lot of podcasts, but outside. I'm really loving podcasts, but outside right now. Um, <coughs> Andrew and Garbo. They're fun. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for me. No wacky stories because I haven't gone outside since I recorded the last podcast. Um, yeah, so have a have a good uh, good summer's eve. And unless you're in the southern hemisphere, then winter's eve. All right. Um, goodbye. Hello and welcome to the new part. That guy that was talking back there is crazy. So, this this new part's going to be about a couple things. And it could be quite long. So I'm sorry. <coughs> but you know. You probably won't get this far. So, we're talking Loki episode 5. We're talking, uh, and then we're talking a couple movies that came out over the sort of Canada Day, July 4th weekend, which, which was pretty good. It was one of the better movie weekends, new release movie weekends I've had. Um, 
so we're just going to go into Loki. So I watched it this morning. It's it's Wednesday morning. Um, so I watched the the new Loki episode, <coughs> and you know, <coughs> sorry, just got my COVID, my second COVID shot. Little story about that. Um, I'm feeling all right. I think I have a little extra phlegm, a little extra bit of a sore, dry throat. Um, and the guy who gave me the shot went really hard. Like he really jabbed me. It hurt much more than the first one. (coughs) So yeah. Anyway, episode Loki episode five. I think it was pretty good. Um, there's a couple things that were kind of just weird to me. They felt kind of stilted. Um, some there was some. It felt like there was a bit of a stilted dialogue, and it was mostly the stuff involving the Sylvie Loki sort of love story, I guess, and. That's kind of because I'm. I don't know. I think. Well, let me back up a little bit. Here we go. We're gonna give a little fart here, and that was absolutely quiet. And one, one more. Oh, that was a little louder and sounded very wet. Interesting. So we're. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's aggressive. Um. Anyway, the thing with the with a lot of the Marvel stuff, which is really just tiring me out, is the idea that there's these high, 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 high stakes, but almost no consequences to like what's going on. Um, and I, I'll talk about this a little later in one of the other things if I remember. But like the stakes of Loki are literally the entire universe. But there's no real it doesn't seem like there'll be a real consequence to pretty much anything that happens. Um I f- I find that things are always just kind of solved and it's in a way it's like um like an hour-long tv drama where it's like by the end you you know you're gonna go through some ups and downs but by the end it's gonna be solved like some cop show like ncis or something and you know that makes it allows people to be engaged because they know in the back of their head that nothing bad is going to happen. And when you're watching something casually, you know, it's it's easier to be engaged and to to feel okay with that. Because you know you're going to be able to keep enjoying this thing. <clears throat> but also I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm not watching it casually, but that's just not how I I really feel about it. Um, I know it's a TV, uh, it's an hour long TV show as I described, but 
like really these things should be treated like movies in my head because they're putting essentially the same production value behind it um or like near the same it's got the same characters like just because you move a character to tv um without changing the format really of the of the content it doesn't mean that it's all of a sudden tv like this is still sort of a movie in my opinion <coughs> so i'm not really watching it to just kind of i wouldn't say hang out but like yeah i'm I, I actually i would say hang out i'm not sure if this isn't like a hangout show for me like i watched all of modern family and like last year the end of last year that was a hangout show i was just hanging out with them and i didn't really want anything bad to happen to anyone in the family but this is six episodes there should be some consequences that are directed towards the characters but it seems like everything's just kind of working out and you know (coughs) maybe that's just me being a bit of a negative nance or a negative Ned to keep it uh, bi-genderial. That's not a real word. But I'd like I'd like something of real consequence to happen because I'm not sure if the TVA breaks down, you know, and they haven't really explained this yet. But if the TVA goes away, like who gives a fuck? Like, who's going to actually care outside of those people in the show? Um, and, I, you know, I guess we'll see. But, you know, Loki dies three or four times throughout the series and always comes back. Um, Mobius seems to be, seems to get killed and comes back. It's just like, wh- like what is... What's the point, really, aside from just moving along this plot to the next phase of movies, which I know there will be no real consequences, aside from maybe some unnamed bystanders getting killed, which seems to happen a lot. But, yeah, I just, this episode, it's this, it's the uh, penultimate episode of the show, and it feels like I like I could care less if they figured out what happens, and that shouldn't really be the case in a mystery sh- in a mystery show. You should, if there's a mystery, you should care about what is going to happen with the mystery. So I don't know. I'm just feeling a, a bit of a lack of engagement, um, which could be my own fault. But it just, it doesn't feel all that important. Um, And though these characters have like sort of grown in their own way, I I still don't know. Like it just feels like he's the same Loki that we've seen in the later episodes. Now you could say because he's 2012 or whatever Loki, you know, he's grown a lot. But doing the same character progression twice 
isn't doing the same character progression twice, if that makes sense. You're just doing the same thing twice. And I don't know. I also feel like the whole Loki-Sylvie love story is kind of lame. Like, I, I kind of get why the Marvel doesn't really do this sort of thing. Um, like, there's there's love stories in the in the movies, but they're not quite as, like, rom-com-y as this. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Like, it's not it's not grabbing me. But, you know, maybe that's the attitude I go into the show with when I'm watching it. But also, that's the attitude that they've created around the content. Like, these things aren't really movies or TV shows anymore. They're cultural products. Um, and they're like they're cultural and economic products because of how much money they make and how they just fuel a whole system of culture. Like they fuel blogs, podcasts, this podcast, which doesn't make any money, but in a way it's sort of working towards this, the larger economic goal of like, um, creating content around a thing which then in turn in a way and theoretically like makes it money or makes it more important so these things aren't cultural product or these things aren't just movies or tv shows anymore and it's i don't know it's just not grabbing me i hope i hope when we get back to the movies um and I don't mean theaters, like when we get back to watching the movies, which I guess Black Widow's coming out pretty soon. But I'm not paying Disney premium access for that. But when we get back to watching the movies, I I hope this will change because I do really like a lot of the movies. Um, and I'm excited. Like some of them seem really exciting. Like I have low expectations for Black Widow, but like I'm excited to kind of see all those people in the movie do this thing i'm excited for shang chi i'm excited for the eternals um the blade one whenever that comes out whatever the new fantastic four is i'm excited for all that but this show and these shows are kind of letting me down um so i don't know we'll we'll see where the marvel movies take us once uh we start getting there again but I don't know. Loki episode five. I think it's a pretty good episode if you don't think about it the way I do. Um, and I'm sure that there's someone, maybe not listening to this, but someone who's watched the show and felt the exact opposite. Actually, I know for sure that there is because I've, I've listened to all the Ringerverse stuff about it. Um, and they all seem like, I don't know. I, maybe they're just picking up on something that I'm missing or... I don't know. But it seems like they're all really uh, over there at the Ringerverse. They're all really getting into it and really liking what's happening. But I'm just kind of, I don't know. I don't feel very uh, engaged in this content. Anyway, we're going to move on to some things that I liked a lot more this weekend. Um, and these, 
I've got four movies to talk about. And they, it's the four that came out this weekend. So if you're watching this and you don't know what they are, I will tell you. So No Sudden Move, which is a sort of period piece Steven Soderbergh heist in a way. Uh, heist Noir came out on Crave here, but I think HBO in the States. Um, the Tomorrow War, which is the new like Chris Pratt Amazon blockbuster um, sci-fi sort of thing. Uh, Summer of Soul, parentheses, ellipses, or comma, when the re- revolution could not be televised, parentheses, closed. Um, and that's directed by Questlove. And then Fear Street Part 1, 1994. So we're going to start with No Sudden Move. Um, I really enjoyed No Sudden Move. Um, and I tend to just enjoy Steven Soderbergh movies as a whole. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but his he's just like consistently entertaining. And though he doesn't have a definitive visual style because he changes it so much with every project, like he adapts it to the material. Um, he definitely has a style in a sort of, this is going to sound so fucking weird, but in like an, a sort of ethereal sense where like there's something that he does and maybe it's just the inventiveness of changing his style every every project, but there's something that he does that just keeps it entertaining and interesting to look at. Um, and I listened to Soderbergh on Marin, Mark Marin's podcast, w- WTF. Big plug for him. Um, I listened to Soderbergh on that podcast, and he was talking about the sort of very wide, almost fisheye-like lenses that he used to film this um, to film this movie with, or sections of the movie with, because there are parts where it's not used. And he said that he wanted it to feel like a movie and not a film. And I think that's kind of what separates Soderbergh from a lot of like the auteurs of our day, like the Nolans, the um, Tarantinos, the PTAs, the sort of like high art auteurs, even kind of Sofia Coppola. Um, You can tell, and this isn't supposed to be disparaging, but you can tell that they want it to be perceived as a film for the most part. Um, And that means like looking for awards nominations and looking for accolades rather than looking, though they will still entertain with a film, hopefully, um, rather than solely for the purpose of entertainment. And if that other stuff happens, that's good. He wanted you to be conscious that you're watching something, or that's at least how he described it. <coughs> and I think it it also adds a bit of uneasiness to a, a pretty uneasy story. Um, it's set in the 50s in Detroit, so it's kind of around based around the automotive industry. It's a little inspired by like climate change initiatives. Um, and I think it's a true to life climate change initiatives. Um, and 
it's a it's just incredibly entertaining and it's just always interesting to look at and there's some great performances in here um it stars don Cheadle and benicio del toro who he uh soderbergh works with pretty often Cheadle was in like all three of the oceans movies um the last thing I'd seen Benicio in of Soderbergh's was The Laundromat, which was I liked a lot, but people didn't seem to. Uh, so, and then it's also got David Harbour, it's got Julia Fox, it's got uh, a special cameo from a Boston actor. I won't spoil it. It's got Jen Ham, um, and it's got a couple other people who are just like surprising that they're all in this movie so i think no sudden moves is pretty good um it's not oceans it's not an oceans movie so you have to kind of go in even though it's a heist even though it's um soderbergh and it's a heist and there's a bit of an ensemble it's not an oceans movie oh kieran culkin's also in it so I enjoyed No Sudden Move. So if you can watch it, I'd recommend it. Um, It's pretty interesting. And yeah, I think it was shot mostly during COVID, which if you are conscious of that, I think you can feel. But if you're not, it kind of works with the story. So yeah, I recommend No Sudden Move. Uh, The Tomorrow War, the Chris Pratt, Sam Richardson... J.K. Simmons, Yvonne Stravaskowski, she was in Chuck, which I really liked Chuck. I watched it when I was like a teenager and I really liked it. Um, And Betty Gilpin, Amazon, not original, but Amazon sci-fi blockbuster. So the budget's allegedly i really got to go to the bathroom i'll be right back this is ridiculous what's going on in my bowels right now i'm back from the bathroom was crazy in there anyway we're talking tomorrow war now what i kind of expected from this movie was like a sort of I didn't look at the rating beforehand so I was kind of expecting like a PG sort of Jumanji like action movie um where it's just kind of like we're going through and there's look at this look at all this crazy stuff and I didn't really watch any of the trailers for why is my google maps open and I didn't watch any of the trailers for it. I just kind of fired it up. Um, which is strange to say about a $200 million action movie on essentially the opening weekend. So I fired it up and I was like, okay, Chris Pratt's in it. Not a huge Chris Pratt guy. It might be my hottest take um, known to man. But I'm really just not a Chris Pratt boy. So I was watching and I was like, okay, he's got a wife, daughter, whatever. This is a tomorrow war. Cool. 
But then once they get into the war, it's fucking brutal at times. Um, the basic premise is that aliens in like 30 years have taken over the world and are killing the human population. And they need to draft people from 2020, whatever, to go and stop them. And that's a pretty cool premise. Um, so I was watching, and I was like, this is, you know, with all these kind of b- blockbuster action movies, and this isn't, this isn't right, but it's kind of what you expect now. It's like, you need a, they all kind of have a little bit of convenience stuff in there. There's a little like, oh, there's a couple of the similar beats. There's the sort of reconnection of an old relationship or something along those lines. They're all kind of the same so it goes in and you're like wow this is brutal but the concept's pretty cool and the alien designs are pretty cool so I'm kind of in on it Um, and I also for the most part like the cast my first point that I've written down in my letterboxed review is that I'm glad Sam Richardson is getting getting chances in films. Um, I watched the first time I'd seen Sam Richardson was I think you sh- was in the show I think you should leave, which is by far one of my favorite shows ever, um, and I think it's like the funniest show that I've ever seen. Um, and then I w- went back and watched Detroiters, which I enjoyed. Um, and I think there's some some pretty good bits in it. Um, and then recently I also watched I Think You Should Leave Too, which is also on this list that I didn't mention. But I like that he's in this movie. Um, and he does pretty well. Like, he does his job well. And he's not always out of place. <clears throat> there's a couple times where you're like, you know, what are you actually doing here? But, you know, I, I think for the most part it's pretty good. Uh, There were a couple things, sort of movie-making things that I noticed at the beginning that were kind of like, eh. And that was, some of the editing was pretty strange. A little disorienting. Um, They do this thing where they'll be talking about something and then cutting to footage of it happening. And then, like, the talking will cut out. But then it'll come back and it's a little, a little, um doesn't seem to flow correctly at least to me and i don't know it feels like things move a little a little fast at times or at least like they they didn't have a full idea for something or they didn't like want to make the runtime any longer because it's almost two and a half hours but they didn't have the full idea for something so they kind of cut something out and just kind of patched it, like just cut to something else, and they're like, okay, now they're here. So you kind of have to be like, okay, I guess they're here now. Um, but I think it's pretty good overall. Um, I I didn't love watching it on my monitor, my 26-inch <laughs> monitor. Um, but I don't know. It would have been much cooler in a theater, and I think I would have liked it a little more. 
but I, I think it does pretty well. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Chris Pratt, his character that he does doesn't really do much for me. It's, it's, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. This movie's fine. If you like these kind of action movies, then then go ahead, give her a watch. Um, if you don't, then you, there's no need to watch this at all. But I think it was an interesting sort of first huge blockbuster that's just on VOD. Because um, they probably could release it in theaters, but... I guess I'll talk, I think you should leave season two now. I think you should leave season one is probably the most quoted thing I've ever quoted. And I really don't quote things a lot, but I just fucking love that show. It's so hilarious. Um, and I just love telling people about it because they tend to like it as well. So I was really excited for season two. And I watched it with a couple friends. And, you know, they... <laughs> We were over Discord. The first time I watched it, I was sitting in a room with like eight of my friends. And we were all just, we just watched it one night and it was just incredibly hilarious. We were all laughing. Um, and I was only on Discord with two of my friends, which is a little different, a bit of a different atmosphere. But I think there's some pretty good bits in there. There's some, <laughs> some fucking hilarious things. Um, so I'll probably watch it again. Uh, and I'd recommend it to anyone. It might not be your kind of humor, but I think it's great. I think it's one of the greatest sketch shows that I've ever seen. Um, and I think Tim Robinson is just like amazing at playing this sort of um, just insane character. Um, there were some. There's a couple sketches where you're like this is going way too long. Like we don't need this to be that long. And then there were a couple where you're like, this is just too short. Like they didn't have an ending for it, which <laughs> I didn't love, but you know, we're not coming to the show for a story arc. We're coming to the show for a couple of goofs and gaffs and big loads of cum and horse cocks. So I, th I think it was pretty good. I, I like season two. and I'll probably watch it again. Um, Summer of soul or when the revolution cannot be televised. Now this is about the Harlem, I believe it's the Harlem Culture Fest. I believe that's what it was called. Um, yeah, the Harlem Cultural Festival. Har Harlem, Harlem Cultural Festival. And here's the basic synopsis on Letterboxd. Uh, during the same summer as Woodstock, over 300,000 people attended the Harlem Cultural Festival, celebrating African-American music and culture and promoting black pride and unity. The footage from the festival sat in a basement unseen for 50 years, keeping this incredible event in America's history lost until now. Um, and like I said, it's a it's a documentary directed by Questlove, but it's almost all archival footage, which makes sense because this footage is incredible. Um, and it's it's mostly of just it's pretty much just of performances, and it's basically just of the stage. But the footage is like beautiful um, color film footage. 
there's so many angles um and the way they capture the performances is just amazing um like stevie wonder performed nina simone performed um a couple others that i can't think of up off the top of my head um let's see if they're in here oh this what was uh malia jackson performed sly stone what is that the family sly stone and the family of something performed i don't know the music was incredible um i would 1000 percent recommend you watch this it also captures the sort of cultural um context of the time in new york and sort of in like greater america as well um this is it's it's great at capturing this event um and yeah i don't know it's uh they've also got some accounts from people who went there and there's one man who went there when he was young and he's like <coughs> he thinks all these memories are fake but then they're confirmed and it's like it's amazing um but yeah i would i would 1000% recommend you you watch this um and it's just a good playlist of songs like all the songs are incredible so yeah summer of soul it's on disney plus here i think it's on hulu in america if you're not from canada um, but it's on disney plus here so i 100 percent recommend it um fear street part one 1994 so this is part of a trilogy um, it's on Netflix. It's part of a trilogy of movies based on R.L. Stein books, um, the Fear Street books, which are basically, I, I didn't read them, but they're basically about a bunch of different murders, um, and they might be set in the same town. I have no clue. But the conception is that this town of... I don't know, some some small town. I forget what the name of the town is. Uh, yeah, this doesn't say the name of the town. But in this town, people just kind of snap and go crazy. And it's a, people think it's because of this witch that was burned um, in the 1600s. So there's a bunch of different murders that... Um, lived in this town and committed crimes in this town. And this first episode set in 1994. The next one's 1978. And then the one after that is 19, or 1666. And the, I believe the next, the 1978 one is set at a sort of 80s summer camp, kind of Friday, not Friday the 13th. Um... What is that fucking Kevin Bacon? Is it Friday the 13th? Actually, I think it's Friday the 13th. I, I don't watch a lot of old horror movies. But it's sort of a summer camp Friday the 13th kind of vibe. This one was more screamy. Um, in terms of like it's... There's a sort of bumbling teen killer. Um, there's some jokes popping out between it. They kind of talk about the sort of ridiculousness of what's going on and it also starts with like a um a scream like vignette 
where a big star who you think will be in the movie <coughs> be like the big star of the movie is killed right away which is Maya Hawk um and scream starts with Reese Witherspoon is that Reese Witherspoon or is it Drew Barrymore it's one of them it's some person that was popular then it might have been Drew Barrymore I got no fucking clue but she gets killed at the very beginning of the Scream spoilers. If you haven't seen Scream by now, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, so, the sort of form of this movie is interesting to me. <coughs> because in a way, it's between a f- feature film, like a trilogy of films, and... Well, I guess it is a trilogy of films, but it's released weekly on Netflix. So it's kind of like a limited series. Though I guess it really is a trilogy of films, but it you know, it's not like it's not like I don't know, what's a film trilogy? Like Lord of the Rings where there's two years between each. Like they clearly made all of these in and around the same time and I think it was pitched I guess Lord of the Rings isn't a good example for this. Um, I don't know. Like fa- like the first three Fast and Furiouses. Where these were obviously pitched as one. But those were like building off the success of the last one. Which I think is pretty interesting. Um, and it's a whole new cast of characters. I'd assume in the next couple. So... Yeah, I I enjoyed it enough. I think Fear Street 1994 was good enough. I think it did a pretty good job of setting everything up because that's the job of this movie. Um, It sort of sets up the mythology of the the town. Um, There were a couple filmmaking choices that I thought were strange. Now at the start, there's a lot of quick diegetic needle drops which if you don't know what diegetic means it's when the music is being heard by the characters in the movie and the non-diegetic would be like the score or something where they're not reacting to what's happening so in Reservoir Dogs um, when Stuck in the Middle of You is playing that's diegetic in the Avengers when they're posing and it's going that's non-diegetic and it's a little jarring when you're cutting back and forth between all these popular songs um, and just kind of you get like two or three seconds of one and then a couple more seconds of another and then there's one that's a little longer but then there's a couple seconds of this one and it, it you know, in a in a way, it makes sense for the time period. Um, the because it's the '90s, and they all have these sort of there's like mixtapes and walk Walkman and and shit like that, which I I never owned, but I, I you know I assume existed. <coughs> so. It, in a way, it makes sense, but then that, that kind of stops near the end. And then once it gets into more of a, a horror, 
a horror slasher movie. It gets pretty entertaining. And, you know, we have the, we have to figure out how to stop the evil thing, which is pretty cool. And, you know, a little different. Um, but one thing that I, you know, I, I said I was going to talk about this when I was talking about Loki, but I'm going to talk about this, like I was going to talk about this in relation to this film when I was talking about Loki. But there's actually some sort of stakes in this movie and like some surprising things. Uh, Because in a way, you know, it is a slasher movie, but it's not like, um, you know, one of those slasher movies where it's a 90s slasher movie. It's not a a 70s or 80s slasher movie where there's there's like a bunch of kills throughout. Because there's a, a group of like 13 people. They kill like the risque girl and the, the jock that bones her. Weird way to describe that. Um, and then they leave like the virgin one for last. Um, in 90s slasher movies, or at least Scream, there's sort of a big killing at the end. Um, there isn't really as many kills throughout. So at the end, a couple characters die and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty shocking. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I think, I think it, uh, it's going to matter for, like, I don't, I don't think these characters are coming back. Now, in general, I did enjoy the cast. Um, and I think my highlights were kind of Dina and Josh who are the the main brother sister duo in the in the film um I, you i don't know i think they're just pretty they're just pretty good um pretty convincing uh i found the sam character a little weird in terms of like i don't know it's it's strange that she's the one that has to sacrifice herself, but I guess it makes sense. I don't know. There were, there's a couple things that were a little weird. Also the high school girl kissing the dude that's in like elementary school. Strange, but I guess that's what they did in the nineties. I don't know. I wasn't really alive, but I found it pretty enjoyable. Um, and I, I, I think this, is a bit of a more thoughtful adaptation of the R.L. Stein novels than the Goosebumps were. Um, the Goosebumps kind of felt like the movies, the Goosebumps movies, felt sort of inconsequential um, within themselves. And I've only seen like the first Goosebumps once, but I was watching it and I was like, there's nothing new or interesting really about this that I'm going to need to hold on to. So I, 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 I don't know why I'm really watching it, aside from mild entertainment. Um, and that's also got our boy Dylan Man- De- Deblin Manette from wallows in it and from being hannah baker's scorned lover 
so yeah, I don't know. There's it's a couple spooks, couple couple scaffs. Um, the scariest thing I think is when they're like trying to force one girl to take a bunch of pills. That sounds a lot more aggressive than it actually is. Take a bunch of pills and she's got to take them dry. It's like a whole handful of pills, and you're like, what the fuck? No one could do that. Not even Superman himself could take six pills, six large pills dry. Give her some water, please. Anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's uh, an interesting sort of formal mix between a TV show and uh, a movie trilogy. Because generally trilogies don't come out back to back to back, but you know, on the ninth in like two days, we're gonna get the nineteen seventy eight one, and then next week I think we get sixteen sixty six. Uh, yeah. So overall, this week I think this stuff was pretty good. I think the best thing I watched was Summer of Soul. Um. Yeah, that was just an incredible documentary. But it was pretty good. And I, I think this episode's going to be much too long. So we're going to end it here. Um, thanks if you've listened to this far. Thanks for that. If you have not, uh-oh. Okay, that's pretty much it. Have a good day and a good night. And watch as I block out the green screen and... Scare everyone around. Boo.